0: And welcome to the King Hero Indie Car Podcast with Kirby and Justin. Kirby, how are you?
1: I'm breaking up with that entry
0: intro. Uh. <laughs> I'm doing well. How about yourself? Doing my best Lee Diffy impression. I'm going to start out with a shout out here, Kirby. Shout it out. I'm going to shout it out. I'm going This is a shout out to my cat Taz. Who, oh my God. who have survived an attack from a bobcat at three in the morning had skull punctures has been in the hospital and a throat slashed uh and has somehow managed after 10 days in intensive care to survive how many lives how many lives does he have left well, he's a one-eyed cat from a uh, encounter with a car several years ago, as you know. And uh, that's the same one. Okay. This is one tough cat. I'm going to, as one of our inaugural tweets, because we now have a Twitter account, Curb. Yeah. Um. Uh. I will tweet out a picture of Taz in the recuperation phase. Uh. Twitter account. Uh, please write this down and please, uh, what do you call it? Friend us? Follow us. It's at Hero, that's H-I-R-O IndyCar. At Hero IndyCar. So uh, please follow us at at H-I-R-O IndyCar. And uh, later tonight I will post a uh, picture of the erstwhile Taz Kerb, I also believe that uh, maybe you had some minor uh, family happening uh, that you might want to give a shout out to this week.
1: Oh yeah, the uh, grand baby number three arrived last week.
0: Um,
1: Young Maxwell uh, has joined the family, and interesting week uh, with uh, three—I mean, with twin three-year-olds in the house trying to adjust.
0: But uh, it was—it was fun. Big week last week. Thank you. Yes. Uh, it, uh, yeah. Congratulations to all involved. Curb, I, I also need to start off uh, the podcast with a bit of a somber note, uh, and that would be uh, the letter from uh, Robin Miller on racer.com to the world. Uh, frankly, uh, tear my eye. He got a tear out of my eye uh, with that. It's uh, a must read for anybody who is familiar with Robin Miller's work and uh, – um, it was, uh, was kind of classic Robin Miller, uh, I thought. Um, he said at the end of a relatively short article, "I've rambled on too long." <laughs> um, I think he's a guy that, on a, that, you know, true to his bone, does not like to talk about himself or anything to do with himself. And I think that was probably a hard article for him to write.
1: I'm sure he knew how many people had been missing his weekly mailbag, among other articles that he writes, and wondering how he was doing. So. Whether he did that on his own or whether somebody at Racer twisted his arm to, to write the letter, um, it was well-received, I'm sure, either way. Whatever uh, path he takes, I hope it's a good one for him, and I wish him nothing but the best.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think we uh, were fortunate to interview Robin uh, not too long ago, and uh, now more than ever, I, uh, I treasure the fact that we were able to do that. Herb, I'm going to have to... Again, within the context of a a view from IndyCar, I'm going to have to talk about Formula One, and I know it's going to drive you crazy, right? And I know it's going to take all the willpower you have not to be cynical about this, but there's a few things that have happened over the last few weeks that would never, ever happen in IndyCar, it's drawing a very nice contrast – I was looking for another word, but that will do – between uh, IndyCar and Formula One. Now, Curb, I, I know that you pay enough attention to, to anything to know that there's just been this tremendous controversy over the fact that Hamilton took Verstappen out on the first lap of, of the Grand Prix in Silverstone. Thus…
1: Well, in there, in there uh, some debate about whether he actually took him out or not
0: well there was okay difference number one there's too much debate i mean two weeks this is going on you know back and forth in the in the press you know total wolf versus uh um, christian horner Chris, christian horner christian horner versus total wolf just this back and forth in the press for two freaking weeks you know everybody just stopped just short of like accusations of racism right and i don't know how with I, <laughs> you know, with I, hamilton being the aggressor here how this can be in any way that but they just seem to stop just short of reporting that right if you said anything against lewis then you're racist and then they all but called the uh the uh, the fans who booed uh lewis in hungary wh- who are from the netherlands right uh booing him as a racist it just went on for a couple of weeks to the point where I think even Christian Horner and Total Wolf had to say, God, I'm done with this one.
1: There must be a lot of interest in Formula One or else this little uh, soap opera wouldn't have been sustained for two weeks. So I guess that's the positive way of looking at it. right? Uh, beyond that, you know, it's all a joke. Um,
0: Apparently they sent like Alborn out to, you know, do some test runs to prove that uh, Hamilton couldn't make the turn at that speed. I think in any car, I mean, that happens every race almost right and so that's the difference you know like nobody's taking the time to approach this it's like yeah it happens almost every race moving on to the hungry grand prix which is over the weekend first lap it was wet it hadn't rained all you know any practice session so they just basically got out there but track was greasy botas um who's you know in my opinion already out of a job but but they're again, the the press is contending like he has a half a shot, which I contend he does not. Just bowling balls into Lando Norris, who in turn bowling balls into uh, Verstappen, and Perez gets taken out. Stroll does his also, you know, just crushing through uh, a few people. They take uh, so all of a sudden there's a lot of people out of the race. The number two Red Bull out of the race completely, and the number one Red Bull damaging him. And sending them to the damaging the car heavily, sending them to the back of the field. Again, stark contrast between IndyCar and Formula One. Continuing that theme, what happens next is the the race gets red flagged, and they can work on the car. Really? So yeah, so Mm -hmm. they're all you know they're they're working repair cars and doing all that stuff. You know they're they're trying to patch up Verstappen's car uh, as quickly as possible.
1: Wouldn't that just simplify everything in IndyCar if you could just work on your cars in the right, under the red
0: flag? curb why do you think we're talking about this? Okay, sir. I'm pointing out these things because some things they do right, and some things you know they don't. But I mean, again, there's there's lessons to be learned from all of this. So they're working on the cars, and then. They go out for a new formation lap. Now this is where it gets interesting, Curb. This is where I want you to listen. In the in the in the period of time of the red flag and the cleanup of the debris, the track has dried out enormously. Now they're on wet tires and the track is dry. So they're going around. They're saying how many people, you know, the the people are speculating. The commentators are speculating. Uh, Nico Rosberg was a a guest uh, commentator, by the way, Curb. Really? Uh, And very good, by the way. Say, say what you want about that guy, but he's clearly intelligent and had a lot of interesting things to say about the race.
1: Uh, nobody's dumb if they uh, bank twenty-five to fifty million dollars, win one world championship, and call it a day. Get out
0: They get out, right? <laughs> That's a sign of intelligence, right there. Uh, they're all going around. Uh, Hamilton is 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 now inherited uh, the lead because he's in front. Hamilton lines up on the grid. Everybody else goes into the pits. For dry tires. So Hamilton starts the race, the only car starting. Now, you could say, wow, what a horrendous call by Mercedes to kind of not call Lewis into the pits to get tires, right? Except, and this is where I want you to listen, Curb, it wasn't a strategic decision. They are not allowed to talk to the driver on the formation lap there can be no radial contact on the formation lap
1: so how did everybody else know to come in did they talk about it before they left so
0: uh, whoever was in second i'm going to say was ocon mm-hmm. dove into the pits so every driver said well he's diving in the pits i'm diving in the pits but lewis was in the front so he would have either had to make the decision i'm going to dive into the pits you know like it's too dry out here i gotta get dry tires or or not and he made the, what turned out to be the wrong decision, and nobody else followed him. What I'm getting to here, I guess, Curb, is, I mean, isn't that fascinating that they can't talk to the driver on the formation lap? I mean, what's the point of that? I don't know. I think that should be part of your research program. It's bizarre. Signs got a penalty for communicating on the formation lap. Really? Yeah, and there's a classic... Uh, to anybody who wants to look it up, there's a classic. He's he's actually interviewing with Will Buxton because Will Buxton's like, oh, I'm just hearing on my radio that you're being summoned to the stewards stand, right? And he's yeah. like, I am. He's like, yeah, for what? <laughs> you know, Signs is like, for what? And he's like, uh, uh, apparently talking on the formation lap, and and the look on Signs's face is priceless. <laughs> I'm gonna get off this topic soon, Curb, because I know you're dying to, but. The other thing that uh, incredibly happened, Vettel ends up in second, but he doesn't, because when they went to take a sample of the fuel afterwards. Uh,
1: unable to gain the mandatory 1.0 liter fuel sample from Vettel's car, 0. 0.3 liters gained or possible. Aston yeah, Martin's saying the fuel's there, you're just not able to get it out for some reason.
0: Yeah, what have we gathered from this? Two stupid rules that they have to have a minimum amount of fuel at the end, right? Right. And uh, that they can't talk on the formation lap. One good rule, work on the cars during a red.
1: And, you know, working on the cars during the red, wouldn't that be good for your show by
0: having more competitive cars available whenever you go back to green flag racing? Hell yeah. Drive to Survive is uh, doing uh, victory flips over this one. Uh, The last two weeks have just been nothing but fodder for that uh, that show.
1: Okay, well, uh, since we're... Sadly, in the uh, Formula One world, tell me about Nico Hulkenberg. What would you like to know, Curb? You know, is he better or worse than Romain Grosjean as a Formula One driver? Better. Better. So if he should come across the pond next year to race with Ed Carpenter Racing or some other similar squad,
0: uh, he could expect similar, if not greater, success than Romain Pause. I'm gonna do a deep teeth teeth suck if you don't mind curved before I answer that. Oh no, go ahead. Ooh, and a little bit of burp on top of that. The <laughs> Pilsner yes. the Pilsner Urkel coming back on me. I mean the, the, the rap on Hulkenberg Holkenberg is phenomenal talent, uh, you know, did incredibly well in the junior ranks and was, was always just super uber talented but never had the right ride or situation. Okay. Which uh, sounds like the story on Grosjean. But Grosjean, uh, his career is a bit more uh, controversial in the fact that he, he wrecked a lot of cars. The other thing about Grosjean that he's been accused of is being streaky. You know, like when he's in the zone, he's in the zone and he's great. I'm seeing a real trend here, Curb. French people, French drivers, Seem, mm-hmm. All kind of seem to have a similar rap, right? Grosjean, Pagano, and Bordet. If the car's right and they're in it, there's nobody better. But otherwise, you know, there's some bad days.
1: So they're temperamental.
0: They're French. It's a je ne sais quoi.
1: <laughs> so here, here's an over-under for you, one and a half. Yep. How many um, new drivers in IndyCar next year will come from Formula One or Formula One Junior Formula? uh, next year.
0: I'm going to go crazy and say over. What do you think? Well,
1: there's certainly a lot of noise, but then there's a lot of noise about 20 Indy lights drivers being in the series next year too. So, uh,
0: Kurt, what I was going to ask you later, uh, if we had time and if I just not completely got exasperated with this podcast, which based on our flat lining ratings, maybe some other people are too. <laughs> <laughs> This Christian Lungard, I think, is a a good kind of general example of, like, is this the future of IndyCar? Is Mm -hmm. this the near future of IndyCar where, like, you know, uh, can't make it into Formula One or have been banned from Formula One or you're out of Formula One and you come over here for a second second take on your career? And while this has happened from time to time in the past, it seems to be happening, at least talk of it more and more. Is this because, Curb, this is the profound part of my question because of the aero screen.
1: I don't know about the aero screen. I think it's more success of people like Robbie Wickens and Romain Grosjean. Even Alonso's foray into IndyCar probably helped bring some uh, attention to it, but maybe it's the last piece that makes them feel a little bit safer or at least helps them rationalize getting over their fear of ovals, which seems to be an uh, a European you uh, know issue with European drivers.
0: Well, I don't think um, it's just I don't think it's just ovals. I mean, I think it's all the tracks, like, you know, by European standards, you know, even F2 standards, like, most of our tracks wouldn't even pass for them. I appreciate the fact that you're discounting the, the Aero screen, but I'm not so sure that's not a big factor in some of these guys' thinking. Curb, I got a couple of questions. Can you answer them for me? I don't know. I've been struggling so far tonight, but we'll see how Yeah, it goes. it's true. Did Honda push Sato out of Hall?
1: Well, is that a fact? I just can't imagine Honda... Pushing him out, can you? Unless they had some hotshot waiting in the wings, but I'm not aware of one.
0: Well, the hotshot appears to be Jack Harvey.
1: I know, but I mean, why would Honda care about Jack Harvey? It's <laughs> still been less than a year since Takuma Sato won the Indy 500.
0: It's not unprecedented, Curb. I mean, I, the lack of results. the lost his right at coin, I think, primarily due to Honda saying, we're not going to back that guy.
1: But Sato has won at least three races since the last time so Graham Hall won a race. Something strange is going on, and I don't know the answer. It'll be interesting to see what kind of pick questions he gets this weekend when people finally, uh, you know, get him in their sights. So, um,
0: oh, uh, no information, no chance. That's right. <laughs> Talk to my interpreter. Talk to my uh, restaurant manager, manager. Kerb, <laughs> um, let's do our picks, if you will, if you don't mind. I don't mind at all. Uh, I believe I have first pick, Kerb, and I am I going to take it none it. other than uh, Joseph Newgarden. You know, he he's got the bit between his teeth. He hasn't given up on this thing yet. As we've discussed several times on the show, you know, he should be winning this thing running away this year. And you know, due to some circumstances, he's not. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, he's been the most outstanding driver in terms of performance this year. I would say. I'm at a loss, but I'm going to go with Palau. I do believe, Kerbin, and you might check my memory here, he was kind of lost at St. Pete. I'm going to uh, maybe a safe pick. Scott Dixon, just always a lurker.
1: Yeah, I agree. He just uh, doesn't feel quite as safe as he used to. So I, My head was saying Dixon, and I, my mouth said Polo, so uh, um, I can't fault you there either, but I'm going to try the uh, always streaky and never safe pick, uh, Will Power. Mm. That's the next pick.
0: All right, well, I'll follow that up with a equally always cheeky and never safe pick, uh, Colton Hurd. So it's either
1: Ward or Rossi. I'm going to go with Rossi for no good reason at all, other than I just want to. I mean, let's put it this way. If Hurd is good, Rossi should be good. So,
0: Good point. Guess. You know who I think might be in trouble at Hunt or at uh, Andretti? I well, think Rob Edwards might be in trouble. At, I mean, if you're Michael Andretti, it's like, oh, I've tried this, I've tried that, I've tried that. Well, we haven't tried Rob Edwards out yet.
1: When Pagino left, Schmidt-Peterson and the team kind of took a step back. You know, Rob Edwards left about the same time, I think. And I think they took a step back as much because he left as they did because Pagino left. You're right. It may get to the point where I don't know what else to try.
0: All right. Um, go eat at the South Street Diner in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, follow us at our new Twitter handle, at H-I-R-O, Hero IndyCar, at Hero IndyCar. Curb, that includes you. I notice you're not a follower yet. I don't. I don't have a. I'm not on Twitter. So I can't well, follow. You're gonna. You're gonna find your way on there. Damn it. <laughs> followers. Um, and uh. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night,
1: everybody. <laughs> Boom.